The following is a teaching message from the chapel in Tiatatu. For more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz. Last Sunday we continued in the unfolding story of Jacob, who was under the coaching of his mother Rebecca. The story of Joseph, of sorry, of Jacob presenting himself to his father Isaac, claiming to be Esau in order to deceive Isaac into giving him the blessing that Isaac intended for Esau. Six weeks ago, we had read how Esau had shown such a careless disregard. He had despised his birthright, gave it to Jacob in exchange for some bread and some lentil stew. This birthright that he had exchanged following his father's death would have given him headship in the family. And it would have given him a double portion of his father's wealth. And then there was the blessing. The blessing wasn't actually part of the birthright, but each of the sons could receive a blessing. But the greater blessing was reserved for the eldest. And therefore it went always, or almost always, with the birthright. In spite of the fact that Esau had exchanged the birthright, he still fully expected that the blessing would be his. And very clearly, as we read the story, it was very clearly Isaac's intention to give it to him. And so arriving back from the hunt, having gone at his father's request to hunt some game and to prepare a tasty meal for his father, he now returned fully expecting that the blessing would be his. And we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 27 and verse 30. After Isaac finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from the hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and he brought it to his father. Then he said, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And his father said to him, Who are you? And Esau says, I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau. And Isaac trembled violently. He said, Who was it that hunted game and brought it into me? I ate it just before you came in and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed when Esau heard his father's words he burst into a loud and bitter cry and said to his father bless me me too my father but he said your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing and Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. And he asked, haven't you any reserved, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? And Isaac answered, I have made him Lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants and I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you only have one blessing, my father? 
Bless me too, my father. And then Esau wept aloud. And his father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from earth's riches, away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. And Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And he said to himself, the days of mourning my, of, for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. I thought of the phrasing, phrase adding insult to injury and I thought it was something of an understatement for this situation. Esau only had himself to blame for the loss of the birthright. As we, read, as we read at the time, he had come back from Mahant and he was hungry and consumed by the urgency of the moment he had foolishly set aside his birthright. I'm famished. He showed disregard for his birthright and Jacob showed disregard for his brother. I wonder how long it had been before Esau realised how impulsive and foolish his behaviour had been, giving up so much for so little. Again, because we're working through Genesis, I think back earlier in our story, and I think back to Genesis 2, when the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food, and in the middle of the garden was a tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free, get this, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Any fruit from any tree at any time. And then there was that one piece of fruit on that one tree, on that one day. And the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. And she took some and ate it. She gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they showed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They had absolutely everything your heart could desire. but they chose to feed desire rather than obedience. They gained so little and they lost so much. Many people want to write this story off as mythology, but it speaks so very clearly to the human condition. How readily we give up So much that God offers us. Just as one part of the scriptures, the, the pleasures of sin for a season. Just for the moment, just to feed the desire, we give up so much to take hold of so little. And that was certainly Esau. He had given up his whole birthright just for one simple meal. And like Adam and Eve, and like us, how deeply he came to regret it. 
And having lost so much, rather than acknowledging his foolishness, he begins to harbor resentment towards his brother Jacob. It's not to say he wasn't justified in his resentment. He had been cheated. But being justified in your resentment doesn't stop resentment robbing you from that which, more than that, which you've already given away. I can't help wondering whether his resentment was part of the reason why he then went on to marry two Hittite women who caused his parents such grief. You know, bitterness and resentment are seeds that when sown in the spirit take root and they will choke the life out of you. In Hebrews 12 we read, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, for without holiness no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his birthright, his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. That kind of nails it. There had always been this tension between Jacob and Esau, as we've read, right back to the time they were in their mother's womb. But this whole birthright thing, it sowed the seed of resentment, this seed that established a root of bitterness. And as it grew in his heart, it produced fruit. Now I'm not again, I'm not excusing Jacob's behaviour. And I'm not excusing what Isaac and Rebekah will have done to fuel that. Rebekah favouring Jacob and encouraging him in his deceit. Or even Isaac who favoured Esau and it seems failed as a father to bring correction and discipline to his son. If Esau's choices and his wives had caused both Rebekah and Isaac such grief, was Isaac was sorry, was Esau even worthy of the blessing that he was now seeking? And now as Jacob adds fuel to the relationship fire, deceiving Isaac into giving him the blessing which Isaac intended for Esau, we're told that Isaac trembled violently. He was more than distraught. One would say he was beside himself with anger. But Esau's response was next level. See, when Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry. Bless me! Me too, my father! That's not just frustration, that comes from deep within. Some translation says he trembled uncontrollably before beginning to gather himself and declaring.
I have blessed your brother and he will be blessed. Haven't you any blessing for me? And Isaac repeats the blessing that has been given. And Esau wept aloud. And his father answers again. And we're told that Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. The King James says that Esau hated his brother. When I was looking up the meaning of that word hate, to oppose oneself, to, to bear a grudge, to retain animosity against, then it says to cherish animosity against. And I think that was Esau. He cherished animosity against his brother. To that root of bitterness, he just fed it in this moment. This isn't passing anger. This is deep, entrenched hatred. And he said to himself, The days of mourning my father are near, and I will kill my brother Jacob. We noted a couple of weeks ago, and what Esau doesn't know right now, is that in spite of Isaac's blindness and his apparent frailty, Isaac's death is still 43 years away. How long will this cauldron of hatred in Esau be left to boil? A root of bitterness will feed your discontent and hatred for a lifetime. Sadly, some of us know people like that, who have allowed their entire lives to be robbed by that root of bitterness. And so Esau resolves, when my dad dies, I will make sure my brother follows soon after. Jacob act, Jacob's actions were clearly wrong. And while he would carry the blessing and the birthright, he would pay a high relational cost for his actions. And we'll come over that in the next few weeks. But in time, he will carry God's favour. Esau, however, only time will tell. Until he is able to wrench this blossoming bitterness from his heart, he will continue to eat its fruit. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. What Esau is speaking out against his brother, it will continue to bear fruit in his life. And it will rob him of everything that God has. In Luke, we're told by Jesus, a good man brings good things out of the goods stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so in Ephesians 4, we're told, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ and God forgave you. 
That seed of bitterness can take root so easily. And it can rob us of relationship, of peace, of joy, of every blessing, great or small, that our Heavenly Father chooses to offer us. And there may be some here this morning who have had things done to them a very, very long time ago, or maybe recently, and you've just allowed that bitterness to take hold. And while it grows, it will rob us of relationship. It will rob us of all of the promises that God has for us. And if that's you this morning, then wrench that thing out. Go to God and ask him to take it away. This is not academic. If Gay was here this morning, she could testify that I've walked this journey. Just in the last couple of years again, I've had to step back and just deal with some of the stuff that was just taking a hold of my life. Things that had been done, things that had been said. And sometimes we just go to God and, and, and God deals with it. But sometimes, like with that, I just said to Gay, can you keep praying for me? And Gay and Esme prayed for me. And Esme would bring a word and Gay would bring a word and I would deal with stuff. Because even the little things that we hold on to rob us of the joy and the promises that God has for us. But for all of us, I pray that God would give us the grace in every moment that we are offended, in every moment that we are cheated, in every moment that we make a bad choice and it costs us something. I pray that in every one of those moments we would just come back before God and welcome his grace and offer our pain and our unforgiveness to him and allow him to come and set us free that he might be able to fulfill his purposes in us and his promises to us in every degree as he desires. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from the chapel in Teatitu. For more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz or email info at thechapel.org.nz.